Oh, um, did y'all ever play Sonic Forces? No. The, oh. Did you know Knuckles is a war criminal for it because of it? That's something like the kind of stupid thing they do. Yeah, because he's there's. Uh, I was watching. I'm watching a let's play of it, um, and I'm like kind of wanting to play it again, but I'm like nah. Um, and like, there's a point where like Knuckles like comes up with a like an operation, and he goes like, I came up with it in a minute and a half, and he goes, oh, okay, because that seems like a good idea. And then like it cuts to like the actual stage, which was a dope stage. And like Amy comes over the radio, eighty percent of our forces are are been wiped out, and we don't know where the, we can't we lost contact with the rest. And I'm like, Knuckles, what kind of fucking plan did you have? So yeah, Knuckles is a war criminal. So if you don't if he doesn't show up in this in the next Sonic game, I'm gonna say he's in jail oh, so for war crimes, like and that'll canon. be no, it's canon. All the main Sonic games. No, are I canon. mean like, did you interpret that as him no genocide, or was that actually what happened? No, but like he his plan cause 80% of his troops to be decimated, he's a war criminal. Because if he just actually thought out his plan and not just sent his troops out to slaughter, it would, he would be fine. I mean, that's... So. That's involuntary at yeah. best. Listen, it's the Sonic universe. He's an, Knuckles is an idiot. He's a war I'm criminal. Not, I'm not uh, I want... in war crimes, so I don't know what kind of war crimes he's done. But he, he's he probably let... done war crimes. Yeah, like, let me just have that meme. If Knuckles is not in the next Sonic game, like, not at all, not talked about, I'm gonna, that's gonna be my thing. Knuckles is in jail for war crimes. That'll hey, be my Hey, I mean, my if meme. Yoshi can do tax evasion, Knuckles can be a war criminal. A war criminal? <laughs> <laughs> I've just been laughing at this idea like Knuckles is a war criminal. Eighty percent of our forces are lost. Like, how, what did you, Knuckles? What was your plan? Okay. All right. Um, let me start the show. There. Oreo cookies in my mouth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Troy Shot Games Cast. Each and week, friends gather around, talk about the things that you've been playing and things going on in lives. Today, I have with me Justin. Pew 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 pew. Out of worlds. Oh look, I found the mini metal. Oh, that's nice. Yes, I like finding these things. I I get it. So, so my Dragon Quest peeps now because I'm part of that. Dragon oh, Quest okay. Eleven. Yeah. Okay. All right, sweet um, nuts. Yes. Welcome back, Ben. We missed you. Oh uh, yes, my throat misses me too. Okay. Currently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was present tense. Just yeah. so you know. I'm not a hu- I'm not an actual human. I'm an autonomous robot who can remove his throat by his choice. Its choice, rather. I can't be sent. I'm not sentient at all. No. A person with my opinions? Are you kidding me? I never met you. No. I've never seen your. Well, I've seen your face. Well, what you claim is your face. Yeah. How do you yeah, know that's really me? You never met me. Um. This week, let's start with Justin. So. Before I get into the games I played this week, uh, off-air, Ben asked me if I had beaten Link's Awakening yet, and it brought back very sore memories. So I'm going to explain this story on the air real quick. Uh, so a few weeks ago, I I realized that I hadn't beaten Link's Awakening yet. Because, like, I got so far, I was trying to get some recordings and stuff from it for a video of, I've pushed off now. Um, and then I started streaming it, and I played, like, I started the Hero Mode run, uh which was super hard and I got like up to the third dungeon and quit uh, because it was the end of the stream, not because I, you know, quit. Uh, and so I, I never got back to it because of other games got in the way and stuff like that. <laughs> so I finally booted it back up and for some reason it showed my link file, like just my first game file 
but it had three hearts and like just the the wind uh the wind egg and then it had new game new game and then my auto save which was at the beginning of the third dungeon on my hero run so i booted that one up just out of curiosity and like it loaded just fine i saved and quit and that showed up as my second file like i you know saved it as a second file so that's still there but my actual main like first file i went in to load that up and it just started the intro cinematic mm-hmm. so like it was a named file that i had created but it didn't have my progress on it so somehow the game just like sort of wiped my my progress it didn't wipe the file it just wiped the progress on that file what? and the only reason i had the uh the auto the the hero mode file was because that was my last auto save which it did hold on to so i don't know what happened it was really weird but it kind of defeated me and i didn't really want to play through the whole thing again so eventually i'll beat that hero mode run uh but i was kind of holding on to that for streaming and now I can't really stream anymore because, like, my internet sucks and I don't know what's going on with it. And we're not going to get the basement office done anytime soon um, because, you know, taking a trip to Canada and that'll cost money. Um, but eventually I will beat the game, Ben. Get off my back. I just asked a question. Get off my back. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, this is why I play long games so you can't ask me, are you done? I'm like, bitch, I'm in the middle of an 80-hour campaign. Leave me alone. I'm an hour 15. Uh, I mean, Dragon Quest Eleven is more than 80 hours. Probably, yeah, but I'm enjoying all 20 of it so far. Yeah. So, anyway, on to what I've been playing now that the, the I've, I've repressed the memories again. Um... <laughs> How dare you, Ben? Uh, I've actually played a few new things this week. Um, I checked out Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, which is actually really good. Like, I I hyped up the first Ukulele a little bit when I first started playing it, because, it, I mean, it starts out strong. Like, it's not a great game, but, like, you know, you get that nostalgia going, and you're like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. Like, plus I backed it, so I kind of wanted to justify, you know, the the months of development I spent following that game. But this one I went into with low expectations, uh, aside from like just the reviews I'd read that were saying, this is what the first ukulele should have been, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I think it helps that like, it's a side scroller, uh, just like level based game. You know, you don't have to worry about all the big explore, uh, exploration areas. There's not like massive amounts of collectibles or anything in each level. It's just, it's really tight focused levels. That use the same basic mechanics that Ukulele has already. Like there's kind of a you know a roll where uh uh which one's the bat? Yuka? Ukulele, I think. Okay, where the bat rolls like you know, runs on top of the rolling chameleon. Um they have like a a ground pound that you can only do when you have both of them. Um because this kind of plays by Yoshi's Island rules, where if you take one hit, uh the the bat like flies around a little bit and like you have to uh grab her again to get her back and if you don't she you know leaves and you can get her back at the next like uh uh bat bell i don't i wish i knew their names i forget which one's which i think you're right it's lately yuka is the lizard or the whatever it's technically called and lately chameleon. chameleon whatever it's a fucking reptile 
Um, and Laylee is the snobby bat. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, then there's like a Laylee bell. It's kind of like, you know, the, the DK barrels. Uh, I'm going to make a lot of DK references cause this is very much a Donkey Kong Country skin. Um, but it does enough new things. So like I said, you've got, you know, kind of their ukulele abilities and stuff in there. Um, and then also like, uh, Yuka has his, his tongue. So there's various points where you can like grab a, like an explosive thing and like carry it with you and fling it at like a, you know, explosive wall or something to break it. Um, and like he can grab like water berry things and like spit them at enemies to kill them. And like, you know, basic things like that. Uh, but for the most part, it's run, jump, platform type stuff. But it's just very tight platforming that's well done um, and challenging. But the cool thing is, like, in between levels, you go to this kind of world map area. That's a top-down, like, just more open exploration area. And uh, you kind of do little puzzles to, like, open up the next section of the map where, you know, a few more levels are. And the levels are still the books like they were in uh, Ukulele 1. Um, it's just each book is a level instead of being like a whole world. Um, so there's a lot more variation in the level designs and stuff too. But whereas in the first game, like you could uh, like expand the worlds at some point and open up a bunch <clears throat> of unnecessary new quests and stuff in them. And this one, you actually, you expand the overworld by like running into pages uh, that send you on kind of like kill all the enemy quests and once you kill the enemies, it opens up kind of the next area. Like, it changes the world so that you can access the next part of it, um, where more levels are. And some of those are really cool. It's just like you, you know, you got to kill all the enemies. But there was one, for example, where there was only one enemy to kill. This is probably one of my favorite parts so far. There's only one enemy to kill, and you're, like, trapped in a little box. And it feels very much like a Mario Maker level. Because, like, when you uh, jump, the enemy jumps. Um, like, you figure out kind of just like you're trapped in this box and that's the only thing you could do. So clearly that does something. So you're like not you're trapped in here with, you're trapped in here with me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I understood that reference. So, uh, you're just basically timing your jumps so that the, you know, the enemy gets down like across all the platforms and then basically kills himself on a buzzsaw. And then you win because you have to take out the enemies. And it's just, like, a really clever take on that. Some of them are just literally, like, you jump and, you know, hit all the enemies and then you're, you're done. But they get more clever as you go. Um, but anyway, the other thing you do in the overworld is you actually, like, change out the levels. Um, so, like, for example, Yuka can grab, like, different elemental berries off of bushes. And so you might grab, like, a water berry and, like, spit it at a level and it'll turn it into, like, a water level. Um... Or, like, you might have to, um, like, a level might be a water level, and you grab, like, an ice berry and spit it on there, and it becomes an ice level. Um, or some of them are actual puzzle-based. So, like, there's one point where you, like, the cauldron guy, like, a lot of the ukulele, like, supporting caster in the game. Um, famously, Trouser has up paywalls, which is great. You have to pay him to take the wall down and get past. Um, but you pay him in-game currency, don't worry. <laughs> and so, like, the cauldron guy uh, is in there, and he's like, I want something sweet. And so, like, you you go around the map and try to find, like, a thing of honey. 
and you like grab that Zuka and take it over there and throw the honey in his cauldron. And he's like, oh boy, I made this like delicious sweet nectar. And like if you slam into him, he spills the honey onto the level. And like all the platforms or all the like the walls and stuff become coated in honey. And so you can like access new parts of the level that you couldn't get to before. That's and it's cool. just really cool stuff. Cause it's like every level has kind of a B side. If you think of it like Celeste. Uh, so it's like, you might run through the whole level and be like, why can't I get up there? And then once you change it, it, it's actually a, like a diversion where you go up there for the rest of the level instead of where you were, where you did go the last time. Um, so there's like two sets of collectibles basically in each level. And they do, they have some really clever takes on that. Like it's the kind of game that's hard to explain because mechanically it's pretty simple. But it's just like the first time you change out a level and go back into it and it's totally new. Just feels really cool. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I don't want to dive too deep into it because I'm not super far into it. And the first time I played it, I was just like, it was just okay. And then I started getting into some of the, like the B-side levels and things like that. Um, by the way, I meant B as in B-E-E because of all the B puns in the game. Oh no. That probably didn't come across, but that was No, it didn't. Oh no, I'm not, I don't want to play this game anymore. If it has B puns. Oh no! Oh, well, B sides, the the B sides of the level. Besides this, what um, else have you been playing? Yes, there's a lot of B puns <laughs> because it's like capital B. Like, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate me and my humor. Um, the capital B, like the villain of the first game, um, like takes all of the. Uh, all of like the the protective bees from the the queen bee, um, because like they they would give you like armor to get through the impossible layer. So you have to go through each of these levels and like grab the the captured bee out of it, and it gives you one more hit inside the layer. So technically, you can beat that at any time. It's kind of like you know Breath of the Wild, where like. If you can make it through without getting hit, you can beat the impossible layer without doing any of the levels. Those are just to get you enough bees so that you can get through that layer. Um, but it's extremely challenging. Uh, I was watching the uh, the completionist review of it, and like I guess one thing for the completionist, or like you know for the full completions percentage, is to complete the impossible layer without taking a hit. And so he did it, but he's like this game almost broke me. Like this was almost the first game I could not complete because that layer is literally impossible, <laughs> but somehow he did it. I, I liked, I think I'd like to see the receipt on that, but you know, Gerard won't return my calls. So it's fine. Um, it's not like I wanted to collaborate with you anyway. You're not one of my heroes or anything on YouTube. Um, it's fine. But aside from that, uh, I still, Started, I'm, I'm just going to jump right into it. I started up The Outer Worlds, and it's fantastic. Um, I was super excited when uh, Thomas told me that it went live a day early, for some reason. For people that yeah, preloaded it. Yeah, I was recording my podcast um, la- yesterday, <laughs> and I was like, my friend, like my co-host was like, uh, I somehow started up Outer Worlds. I was like, what? And I just told you. And you got a jump start on that. Yeah. And I had it preloaded for months because as soon as it became available in Game Pass, I tried to play it. Because I was like, wait, it's on Game Pass? Like, already? I wonder if it works. And so, like, I got it installed and loaded it up and it's like, you can't play this yet. Goodbye. 
So I was ready to go. Um, so I jumped in, mm-hmm. made my character. Uh, the character creation is pretty, but it is fairly limited. I wasn't terribly impressed with like the variety of characters you can make in it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, there's some cool... like You can make some cool-looking people. There's it's no just like, it's beers. not one of those games you can make like anyone. There's no goatees. Yeah, the facial hair is the major hit. Because it was like 50 different hairstyles, <laughs> and then like eight facial hairs. <laughs> it's yeah, not fair. I don't get it. Right. Uh, but also, like, a lot of the faces look the same. Because, like, I couldn't get rid of, like, the uh, the lines. Like, you know, the, the, the cheek lines, I guess is what it's called. Mm. Um, and there was, like, just some things you really couldn't edit. Which was kind of weird. Yeah, this is a game where I'm just going to keep a helmet on at all times. Yeah, like, that that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, it's always the fun of, like, oh, man, I'm going to create my character. It's going to take forever. But then you never see them. Like, that's the joke. And so it's like, I'm complaining about that, but then I have yet to see my character once. Since I made him. Um, so, like, there is actually an option in the settings to uh, toggle your helmet off. Which, I mean, it's a first-person game, so even then you'd only see him in the inventory screen. But Is there a way to toggle third-person? I haven't really looked at it. I don't lot. think so. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I, I, not that I've seen yet. But, like, the controller, like, the Xbox controller uh, button configuration is a little funky anyway. So I had a hard time, like, navigating the menus and stuff that way. And it just felt slow and chunky. So I switched over to mouse and keyboard, and I liked the game so much more that way. Yeah, like, it plays really well on mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Because the main problem I was having was, like, the inventory system is so much better than Fallout or anything like that. Um, we're probably going to spend a while talking about The Outer Worlds, by the way, because me and Thomas both played it, and it's a big game right now. And it's a um, new game, yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> might as well call this podcast, like, The Outer Worlds Review. Also, Ben is here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the second uh, subtitle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's in parentheses. Um, it's, like, the the Birds of Prey uh, uh, title. It's, like, The Outer Worlds Review, and Ben was there as well silently crying in the background for Outer Worlds to come out on Switch in 2020. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really long title. Well, so is Birds of Prey. Oh, Have you God. seen that title? No, I haven't. It's oh, wait. Yes, okay, I know what you're talking the, like, about, yeah. Emancipation, Emancipation of the Magnificent Harley Quinn or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, it's dumb. Anyway. I keep forgetting Birds of Prey is like an actual... It should just be Birds thing. of Prey. Fuck you. It should be. But they're going hard on Harley there. Or just call it's it just Harley be... Quinn. Just call it yeah, that. Yeah, just call yeah. it Harley Quinn. Because yeah, I don't know better. what Birds of Prey is. I just keep, I keep female vigilantes. That's all you need. It was a canceled CW show. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was, it but was. it's a comic superhero team. I know. Establish the roots. But they are bringing Huntress back for... Anyway, we're off topic. Um, right. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the menus and stuff are so much easier to navigate than Fallout or anything like that. Like, it's just very simple like, clean, you know, kind of uh, box menus. It kind of reminded me more of, like, Mass Effect. Um, It's very, very, very simple. Yeah. And, I mean, you might call that a a negative, but, which I do wish, like, comparing equipment was a little easier. Uh, But on a controller, when you wanted to switch out your weapons, you have four weapons that you can switch between at any time. And when I was trying to, like, switch out one of the slots on controller i basically had to like make that my active weapon 
and then hit a button to swap out that first slot with whatever I want with whatever I wanted to switch with. It would only switch out that first slot. Whereas on mouse and keyboard, I could just click what I wanted and drag it into the slot and yep. switch it out. Why can't you do that on a controller? Maybe you can, and I just wasn't doing it right. But I tried for a while. Um, but yeah, there's only, like, the equipment only has an armor and a helmet slot. That's it. Which is kind of weird. But there's also a bunch of modifications you can add to these things, so it does kind of have some more depth in there. Um, but the modifications are one-time use, which kind of sucks. Uh, you get plenty of them, but it feels like one of those things where you'll just hoard them until you get your best equipment at the end. <laughs> um... And then there's a bunch of consumables and stuff, like various health buffs and, like, stat, like, temporary stat boosts and, you know, the usual kind of medicines you get. Um, and, uh, the, the obvious, like, junk shelf, the stuff that you just take to a shop and sell. Um, yeah, kind of the, you know, the usual equipment stuff. But I just wanted to go over real quick, like, how easy it is to just jump into a menu, swap stuff out, and get out. The, the item management's nothing in this game, which is good. Um, once you get into the actual game, I really like the way that it emphasizes you can play any way you want. Because, like, I'm gonna keep going back to Fallout. Uh, at some point, that series became where you can spec, like, for speech and barter and stuff if you want, but you're gonna be screwing yourself over because you gotta fight. Like, eventually, you have to fight things. And so, like, you know, no matter how much time you spend crushing it in town, you're going to be ill-equipped to actually do combat. Um, in this game, because of the heavier focus on companions and, like, uh, like alternate ways to do conflicts, it mm. actually makes those kind of non-traditional specs a lot more viable. Because, like, for example, you can have two companions at any time, and you can spec yourself in more to uh, controlling them. So, like, sending them in to, out to combat for you and using their mm -hmm. special abilities and things like that so you don't actually have to fire around if you don't want to. And you can also make it so that, like, enemies run away from you for so many seconds at a time, which gives you the time you need for your companion to kill them. Um, so like, I actually have it now where uh, enemies run away for three seconds whenever they see me. Um, I, love just, that's a, like, the, I love that that's a skill. Yeah. It's like, you're so persuasive that people are just, like, afraid of you. <laughs> I think it's actually the Intimidate skill in this case. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's part of the same thing, though, right? Like yeah, it is. And, charm. and that's what I was going to yeah. say, is, like, instead of having to individually spec out each each skill, you actually, everything falls under, what, like, six, seven labels? Something like that? There's, like, seven labels, and then there's, like, different, like, um, skills under that. Mm -hmm. So you can spec each skill individually as well as together. So I think that was actually pretty clever of them to do. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like, when you level up, you uh, you put points into that entire block instead of each individual skill. So, yeah. like, you might put points into the... I can't remember what they're called right now. But, like, the, the dodge <laughs> block. And that'll improve both your dodge and your block. Um, or, like, the, um, the melee block, which improves, like, your uh, one-handed melee and two-handed melee. And then... It's like the ranged block, which is like all the different gun types at once. Um, yeah. And so you only get 10 points at each level, but you can, and like there's a lot more points that you can put in, because um, everything like goes up a rank every 20 points. But 
it gives you a lot more versatility because it feels like you're actually like improving a bunch of things at once, which makes sense. Because like if you're going for a charisma build, yeah, you should be able to raise like your you know your intimidation, your persuasion, and like a, a th- barter and a few other things all at once. Those those skills are tied together. Yeah, like if you're a person, you <laughs> if know, you're a person. like if you're a real person, like you don't just focus on one aspect of that. All of it would improve really together. Good at lying. Yeah, uh, so it's a it's a much more logical way of building your character, and um, it is kind of tricky that it only goes up every twenty points because it feels like you don't really like you don't get better except for every twenty points you put into something. There's not really like the fine improvements. I don't know if there's any like like hidden things going on in the background. Yeah, I can't tell. Point. I can't tell. I but assume... I'm very early. I've only played like an hour, so I don't really know. Yeah, I assume there's small buffs because it seems like with the uh, with the guns one, for example, like the more points you put into it, the more like your critical attack goes up or like your critical yeah. hit chance or whatever. Right. So I think there are those kind of you know minute differences too, but you get actual like new abilities and like bonus yeah. feats at every twenty points. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. And then also every two levels you get a perk. And the perks are a little more basic, like, you know, uh, 50% more health or like 25% longer time in like the, the, this equivalent of the VAT system, which is called TTD. Um, DDT? Or no, TDD, I think. Oh. No, I think you're right, TTD, but I don't remember. It's, oh, it's, yes, it's temporal time distortion. There you go. Yeah. I know there's something time to start. Yeah, and I'll get back to that. But um so they're they're kind of more just like the the base things, but uh you go up ranks in different ones too. So it's like you get so many at the first tier, you go up to the second tier. So maybe they get more, you know, complicated at higher tiers, but I'm only level 4, so I don't know. Um but Yeah, there's there's a lot of systems in this game. But it's cool because like you you can really see the differences. Like when you're talking to people, um, basically every choice you make is tied to a skill. So like Thomas, you said you're doing like a dumb, a dumb run, right? No, uh, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to do that on stream, gotcha. but I'm doing the th- same thing that you're doing with the charm stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think the first level, at least for like the, the first people you encounter, it's like five skill to yeah. do a lie or persuasion. And I've gotten up to a few now that, like, you know, even low level, I I can't complete because, like, they expect you to, you know, be, to have specced into that skill to be able to do it. When they're, like, 5 or 10 or something, you can probably do that without any specking. Because I think yeah. all of your abilities start, like, in the 5 to 8 range. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but there are some where it's, like, you will fail if you don't have, if you haven't specced into it. And that's really cool. Like, your options are limited if you haven't prepared for that situation. Again, that makes sense. Um, it's real. It's a real RPG. Yeah, it is. Whereas, like Fallout Four, felt like none of your your choices mattered. Um, and like I don't want to go into the the details of this story here, but there was one example where like you're supposed to the checkpoint, like the first checkpoint you get directs you straight to a town, and I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. So I, you know, went around the town and kind of tried to shoot some things and like collect some random stuff and all this, and I found a few things that like were uh quest items before I had any quests for them but they like they were in my key item uh tab 
So I knew that, like, they were for something. And so then I got to town and, like, ran into this person that, like, uh, that there was a dialogue option to, like, turn in the item. And I was like, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know what this is actually for yet. I feel like I could do something <laughs> else with it. But they're asking for it, so I guess I should. And so I gave it up. And then I went to someone else, and they were like, hey, if you've got this thing, it'll really help me out. And like then one of the dialogue options was actually, oh, sorry, I already gave it to someone else. And they were like, seriously, dude? Like, what the heck? I, that would have really, like, why? Why would you do that? And I felt so bad. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what it was for, and I failed the quest without even getting it. I like that that's in there, though. It's right, like... it's really cool. It makes it feel like a more you're, you're actually affecting the world. Yeah, because you can't go back and undo the thing. Like you already made your choice, even though you didn't know the other options yet. Right. Um, and then, like one of the things that, like the first thing, like literally first thing you get to do uh, that we both experience. So I'll go ahead and talk about it because it's not really a spoiler. Um, you run into like kind of a, a military person that's uh, checking your authority, and it's like, you know, what are you doing here? Are you a marauder or whatever? And it's like. Pfft, like, there's a bunch of different options, but, like, the one I chose is basically the, like, man, Marauder's got nothing on me. Like, I bet you couldn't take him out. Yeah, that's what I said. And so she was like, well, what? I I, I definitely could. And, like, runs <laughs> and kills them all for me. Yeah. And then you can go back and talk to her. Um, and she's basically like, see? I did it. <laughs> uh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to her. I only talked to her when, she, when I came out of that ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, and then you can have another encounter with her later, mm -hmm. and there's some pretty good choices there, too. But, like, everything feels like there's just very multifaceted and a really also, cool Also, like, way. it's just the writing of these, like, first couple characters that we've yeah. run into. We're, like, it's just funny. <clears throat> like, it's actual, like, jokes, like, <clears throat> dark humor and stuff. Because, like, it's, it's not such a gloomy, like, post-apocalyptic atmosphere. So everything's actually really bright and colorful and pretty. Like, it's a beautiful game. And it's just like, yeah. it's that kind of clean corporate feel. So it's like the anti-Fallout almost. But then it still has that same concept of, you know, like, choice-based gameplay and, like, kind of dystopia because, like, no one really likes what they have to do, but then they're stuck doing it to survive. Yeah, it's like hyper-capitalism. Yeah. Like, more realized uh, compared to Fallout. Right. And there's more people, which is nice, too. Yeah. It doesn't feel so empty. But the people yeah. also are kind of like robots. <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to too many yet. I just talked to the Gravedigger, and that's where I stopped. Mm. Um, yeah, I actually was only I was only playing this on very high, and you kept saying, this is such a beautiful game. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. It's not, like, I wouldn't say beautiful. And then no, crank it, cranked it up to alt. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I cranked it to alt, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, what yeah. have I been missing? <laughs> Like, like mine started shit. at very high and I didn't even I didn't even try it. I was like, nope, I'm going to Ultra. If I can't play it, then I'll drop it down. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's very pretty. Just all the it's colors and stuff. I saw a, a thing on Reddit that was like, uh, my experience 10 seconds into the Outer Worlds. And it was like seeing all the landscape and then going like inside, you know, those big like bushy plants that like the, yeah. the uh, yeah, cotton yeah. weeds or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, it was like going up to one of those and like just getting all up inside it, like the camera. And it, like, kind of did, like, a trippy, like, rainbow effect inside of there. Like, every oh, strand of it is, like, detailed inside. And you can, like, literally fill your view with this with this plant. That's, that's pretty funny. Like, 
you know, it's just kind of an example of like they really put detail into this game, and it's mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, um, but like the first time, like you actually get to free roam on the planet, and you're just like looking up at the skybox and like see the landscape out in front of you, and I mean, there's like there's a lot of pop in, and like you know, you can tell that it's still like probably a double A game. But the amount of resources they're able to pull in, like, you know, the detail in this world, despite it being a smaller budget title, is really impressive. It's, yeah, it actually feels really polished, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll just say, like, what I did at the beginning. Like, uh, the first guy you come across, like, the first actual person you could come across is the guy with the gun. And you can just, like, there's a bunch of different ways that I can play out. But I just told him, give me the gun, I'll go kill the Marauders. And I just turned around and shot him in the head. And I lost faction points. So I was like, who, there's no one here. How do I lose faction points? So, like, the kind of, like, that bugged me I assume bit, everyone in this game has body cameras. You know what I mean? I guess. Like, Doc Brown has a body camera on me. But he's not going to rat anybody out. But anyways. Um, yeah, the guy that, like, saves you... Kind of looks like a Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. He's a little manic. Um, I like. I, there's not a whole lot that I can really say on it because I've only played an hour or so. But like what I've played, I've really enjoyed. And again, the writing, uh, interacting with the ship AI, it's really good. Um, and I just wonder how like these conversations will play out if I play a dumb role because mm-hmm. the only time I've ever done that before was in Neverwinter Nights. And I didn't even know that was like a real option until I played it again on a, <laughs> without lowering my intelligence a bit. I was just like, wow, this is weird. Like the writing's all, like I was a kid, right? I was like 13 or something at the time. I was like, the writing's really weird. Like why, why, why do I talk like an idiot? And then I played it again with average intelligence. I was like, oh, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. I have heard um, there's like different dialogue options if you're dumb. Yeah. Which so, is cool. Yeah. Uh, combat's pretty easy on my end. Like, it feels like I'm just destroying guys, so I might have to bump up the difficulty. Um, I want to try the Supernova difficulty, but that's, like, hardcore. Like, once your companions die, they die. You can only sleep at the ship. There's, like, a bunch of, um, like, realistic things, um, attached onto that. So I want to, I want to check that out just to see what that's like. What do you think of the TTD? I realized I never came back to it. I never really used it a whole lot. Um, I don't know. It just seems like they just wanted to throw in VATS in there. And it's just like just a bit more improved with VATS. Yeah. It's really like, it's it's more like the, the Fallout 4 VATS, which I didn't like. But they fixed it in a key way in that like, it's more just an aim assist. So like Fallout 4 basically took the same VATS idea of like, you know, you can see the percentage on their body parts and you got to aim for the specific spot and all that. But, like, they're still coming at you while you're doing it. And in this, it just kind of turned it into, like, a max pain slowdown. Um, Where, like, you can still pinpoint their body parts. And, like, it does different status effects. Like, it'll blind them or cripple their, uh, you know, their arms or whatever. Um, But it's not, like, highlighting parts and making you focus specifically. Yeah, there's a little... There's a lot... It's free aim, that's pretty much. Um. I don't, I didn't have the gun abilities that like targets the different, like shows a target on each limb. So I haven't experienced that yet. Uh, I just got that before going into town. So mm. my next fight, I'll have it for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can tell you a little bit more about that. But, but it like, seems like a better VATS. 
Yeah. I liked it because, like, I'm not good at the gunplay. Um, and, I mean, it feels a little loose and, like, not great anyway. Like, it's it's very much an RPG shooter, you know? It's not the focus. Um, and I actually prefer the melee combat. Like, I went through a whole area trying to stealth kill with melee because it makes less noise. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually got through quite a ways before everyone got alerted and I had to switch over to guns. Nice. But that was more satisfying to me, kind of sneaking up and, you know, smacking them out. For sure. Um, but, like, out in the wild, when it's just, like, enemies coming at you, I tend to use that, like, when I'm startled by someone shooting me from out of nowhere, I'll click it over to TTD, find out where they are, and get a first headshot in, and then I have time to kind of, like, you know, hide and, and get for cover. So I don't really use it as, like, a strategic, uh, like, oh, I got the drop on him, I'm gonna, you know, get a head start. It's more like to collect myself before combat, which I think is useful in a way that it really wasn't in Fallout because everything was frozen. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, again, I haven't played a whole lot with it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably got about two and a half, maybe three hours. Yeah, I've got like an night. hour. And I didn't get a chance to play it today because I just got home like 7.30. Yeah, I want to play more of it. I want to experience this world. Yeah, it's really more cool. About it. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. First impressions are it's great so far. Mm-hmm. Um, you have anything else you want to say? Uh, played more Switch Fit. Still really good, but I can only play it like every few days because it hurts. <laughs> um, I tried. Right. Actually, I haven't played it as much as I wanted because it's been kind of a long week. Um. And I was, you know, Outer Worlds came out, so that kind of threw off my schedule. Um, But I've been trying to do it, like, in the time before my wife gets home, like, after work. Just get, you know, half an hour, like, one one or two levels in before I start making dinner and stuff. So I'm not, like, you know, full from dinner or, like, too close to bed or whatever. So it's kind of just, it's hard to find the time. Um, But I still really like it. And then... Real quick, uh, I did some Dead by Daylight with a friend. Again, uh, we were recording for some Halloween stuff that's going to go out next week. Uh, and they you know, they added the Stranger Things stuff a week or two ago. And I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still run into it, like, from other people. And so we had our first game against the Demigorgon. And <laughs> that thing looks goofy. Like, they have one rig for, like, every character in the game. And it's kind of a, just a you know a normal humanoid because they only have like humanoid killers, uh, but the Demogorgon is noticeably not humanoid. He's a dog, basically, right? Yeah. So what they did was they took like the you know the flower vagina face and like mm. the kind of gangly limbs and just put it on a two legged like hunched over frame, and it looks real dumb. <laughs> Like, the first time he found me, like, I just let him take me, because I was like, I gotta get a better look at this thing. <laughs> it's stupid. You gotta see how stupid this thing is. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. But, I don't know, it's still a fun game. I just, it's 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 hard for me to play too much of it, because it's scary. And I'm not good at it. I tend to be bait, so that everyone else can win. Write that down to remember that when the apocalypse happens. Okay. <laughs> Save that for later. Oh yeah, no, no. Control S. Justin, go look in that warehouse. There might be supplies. 
All right, guys, let's go. He's gone. It's gone. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so Ben, what have you been up to? Uh, uh quite a bit actually. Um, so uh, I played Dragon Ball Fighters again for the first time in like seven months because for some reason Bandai Namco just had like a sale on everything on the eShop, like all their 3D arena fighters. And I saw that the Fighters Pass season two. Uh, that, that's 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 not that's redundant. Uh, Fighter Pass 2 uh, for Dragon Ball Fighters was priced at $12. I'm like, well, fuck, it's not going to get any cheaper than that. So I bought it, uh, played a lot of the new DLC characters. They're fun. Um, Videl is so far my favorite out of the out of the six. The last one hasn't been released, uh, which is the Broly from the movie that came out this year, which I can't believe that was earlier this year. Is Yo, that, that movie's it? good, man. I that's, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Even though I hate Dragon Ball, I may have to watch it at some point. Um, so, like, but that game, but, like, the second I started playing the game, I was reminded why I fucking love this game, and why I don't play it anymore. Uh, you just get bodied? No, not get bodied, I don't care about that. It's, it's okay. the, uh, well, I mean, one, it's still a gorgeous as fuck game, even on the Switch, you know, it's, 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 it's insanity and in how crazy everything can get, um, uh, oh my god, I fought this one guy who was just doing like these very cool ex- extended combos. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Um, but then I was reminded why I don't play this game and that the matchmaking in this game is ass. Like, it is just, it takes too long to fucking get a match. And it's not just the Switch version, it's every version from what I hear. It's just, it, and the and net code's not good. But when it, when you find a match and you, uh, and you get an opponent, and and you're going back and forth. Oh my god! There's no I I don't get harder than when some idiot tries to super dash at me and I do down two, which is the big uppercut move. And you hear bang! That's that sound effect. And you launch him in the air and you do super and then you DHC into another super. It's like yeah! Oh my god! Oh my god! I can then I then he'll disconnect or they'll I won't find another match for twenty minutes and it's like why Benai why Arxis why this game is too good uh, but it's dope I love Dragon Ball Fighters I just wish the online was better um since we're in a spooky sort of month it is the month of October, uh, I decided to put up Super Castlevania Four on my Switch because nice. I bought the cast- so. And I, what I love about it though is that it. I don't know if it's a, it was a launch title for the Super Nintendo or like within launch window, but I love how a lot of the visual effects in this game are like we're on the Super Nintendo now, motherfucker. <laughs> look at these parallel. Look at these rotating backgrounds. Ooh, look at this. Look at multiple sprites on screen. It's like I just find it so funny. Very cool. Because, like, this one section, which, uh, by the way, I never played this game as a kid. I never, I think I've talked about how, like, Castlevania just didn't exist for me until 2011. Um, I was, I thought it was a myth for the longest time. <laughs> um, where, like, and everybody's probably seen it. It's one of the more famous, uh, like, sections of Castlevania, Super Castlevania 4, where you're uh, going down sort of like a cylind- uh, cylinder kind of thing, and the background's, like, rotating uh, while you're on like a like a platforms that are constantly falling, it's really cool. And I would imagine if in 1991 you played this after playing, say, Castlevania three or any of the Castlevanias, and you're playing in the Super Nintendo now, oh my god, it would have been so fucking cool. Uh, but the slowdown is ass in that section. It's like, oh my god, um, that game is dope. I, I really like Super Castlevania four. Uh, it's not it's not nearly as hard as the other ones as I've played. 
which I think I think it's because you're able to control uh, Simon's uh, jump once you jump. Because the previous Castlevanias, once you jump, that's it. Good luck. Hope you land well. I hate uh, it. Even though, even though um, you get used to it, but like Simon's jump is still stiff. Like I never feel like I'm in complete control, but it's better than nothing. Um, let's see what else did I play. I got Little Nightmares for free on the Switch because I used all my coins on it. Because it was $10, and I heard really good things about Little Nightmares. I'll probably try to report back on that next week. Um, uh, but the big thing that I've been playing has been D- Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of, of an Elusive Age special. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love this game. I adore this game. I have officially met every single party member, I think. At least it's on the box. I don't think there's hidden party members. Um... My favorite character so far is Silvando, who I call basically a cross between, uh, well, not a cross, but rather Antonio Banderas, but if he was really effeminate, like super effeminate, and he's great. Uh, he just has this eau de trois confidence about him, even though I don't know why I'm giving a French accent when he's clearly Spanish. Which, by the way, I love that the game basically gives like European, like very stereotypical accents to people. It's like you get like Spanish with Italian people, and then you get the, obviously the London, the, the, the UK and stuff like that. But I love how this game reminds me of like a, like a late eighties, early nineties fantasy movie, but like way better. Um, the plot is very simplistic. Uh, doesn't ask you too much. Um, but, like, I like all the characters, and that to me is the number one thing in RPG. I have to like the people I'm with. Because if I don't like the people I'm with, I'm not going to want to play how long your adventure is. Um, and so, and the only one who I feel like is getting underserviced is Eric, uh, the thief, who you meet very early on. He's your first party member. And I like him. He's basically the Luminary's friend, his, his first friend he meets outside of his hometown. And he's kind of like your support guy. He'll come up to you like, hey, you think we should be doing this? Hey, I trust you, man. But, like, he doesn't really get much than that. But apparently this version of the game has, like, personal side quests for these characters. So hopefully it'll flesh some things out about him. Um, but uh, I'm going to get into slight spoiler territory because I kind of have to. Because I need to talk about this. Uh, the game actually did hit me emotionally this week and tw- twice. I was actually off four days this week from work. Uh, so I was able to get a lot of Dragon Quest in. Um, so, uh, basically there's a section, once you go out to the open sea, where you meet a mermaid. So this is spoilers, by the way, if you don't want this particular plot spoiled. It's actually pretty, pretty, uh, pretty spoilery. Um, so you meet this mermaid. i out then. <laughs> yeah, you meet this mermaid, and basically, she basically says that she ran into a man who, um, she met, said he was gonna marry her. You go to, basically, this place called Hawaii. It's basically Hawaii. It's called La La Luna or something like that. La La Luna. Magical land of Hawaii. Yeah, it's basically Hawaii, but it's on an island. It's like an inside inlet. It's really cool, though. Oh, I love the locations of this game. They're so, like, they're not, like, super distinguishable, but I know where I'm always at when I go to them, you know? Um, But, like, you go there, and then you learn that mermaids are considered evil. Or not evil, but they're, like, a curse because they take men's souls. They are Um, evil. They're sirens. Yeah. Well, not this mermaid. Um, So, like... So basically, you learn the story of this guy who married the the uh, the chief's daughter. I, w- I was trying to say what the actual Hawaiian name was, but I can't remember it right now. Um, and uh, he basically leaves. He becomes so obsessed with this mermaid that he leaves his wife, and um, just like just he gets banished to the other side of the beach, 
like it, like where it's like there's like nobody there. Um, and then there's another storm that happens where um, the 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 wife's uh, his ex wife's husband new husband dies, and she's so struck with grief she drowns and like she drowns herself, and the that husband uh, that first guy finds that they're like not their daughter and basically raises it um, on his own. Um, so what you learn is that the mermaid has been waiting for this guy to come to her this entire time, you know, to like, uh, we're supposed to be married. And you learn that the reason why he doesn't go is because I got to raise this kid. I, I can't leave. I have, I have to do this. And so they actually bring up the legend of the, mer- like that fairy tale of the mermaid where a mermaid, if she steps on land, you know, if she goes back, if she gets wet again, she dies. And you actually have a choice here. You can, uh, you can basically tell her, "Hey, the guy you're looking for, he's dead. He's passed away a long time ago." Um, or you can lie to her, and she can just sit on that rock that you found her, waiting for him. So, uh, to me, how how morally fucked up are you? You know, it's not the most game changing, but like I told her, like I, I'm the kind of person like, I gotta tell you, like he's not around. So she follows you back to the island, or to the inlet. And she basically, you see the grave and everything, and she she comes on land. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on, what are you doing? And then, like, she says goodbye, gets very tearful, and then she commits suicide so she can be with him again. She goes back into the water, and you see her fade in the, into foam, into the ocean. It's like, oh, my God. And this is, like, 2 in the morning I'm playing this. I'm like, I don't, I did not want to be crying at 2 in the morning. Like, what the fuck? Um... And you fought a big octopus monster, and it was great. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, like that. I did not expect that. Um, I did not. Ex- I did not expect that at all. I'm like, because like up until that point, it got it gets a little heavy when you meet Jade, uh, the chick with the long hair. I won't spoil what her story is because that's actual plot stuff. Versus this is kind of just more <clears throat> side stuff. Once you learn what her significant is, and what you learn what the old man is, and like how all you and your how that's all connected to you that's kind of heartbreaking i'm like oh that's kind of that's awful um but i love and i'll say i'm quoting sort of a a review from nintendo wire where basically like dragon quest 11 isn't something that isn't an rpg that revolutionizes anything doesn't reinvent the wheel but it makes you reminds you why you love rpgs and you know having the last two big rpgs having i played were uh, Octopath Traveler and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, where one has an incredibly intricate battle system that's really complicated and kind of hard to understand initially, and then Octopath has its own unique gimmicks and own structure of playing as a cat is very loudly talking. <laughs> um, uh, Dragon Quest is very simple in its design, and I think it's a great example of that simple doesn't always mean bad. Now, the great thing about this is is you can customize it to make it not simple. So, like, I'm obviously playing, you know, traditional uh, to, you know, you take turns kind of combat, turn-based. You can have the character... I think I've talked about this before, where you can have the characters move around and, like, basically tell them what to do. Like, okay, you... This is your kind of vague order what to do. That's it's, If you want to play it that way, you can play it that way. Uh, and the other... And now that I'm in sort of the main quest kind of thing... Once you meet this particular character, the game, up until this point, the game kind of tells you, go here, go here, maybe you should go this way. But once you go to this particular point after the mermaid quest, the game's kind of like, you got to find those things. Go find them. 
Um, and you're left to basically explore the world. Now, the beautiful part is that, say, you're not the kind of person who wants to explore that much. You kind of just want to know where they are, or at least a general idea, because the game won't tell you exactly where they are. It'll, there's a character you can talk to who can just, like, maybe you should go here. Um, you can, or you can just like, well, maybe I'll go into the frozen wastelands and see what's, if the, if this particular item I'm looking for is there. Um, I love the crafting system in this game. Uh, I love how side quests are handled in this game. I, I, I just love this game. Like it's, I, every time I play it, I get joy and the music is really growing on me. Now that I'm hearing sort of the softer melodies, the more softer stuff, and then of course mixed with the very good battle music, like yeah, it's not going to tear the firewall down and chances are you won't remember it outside of the game. That doesn't really matter. What matters is when you enjoy when you're in the game and you feel that moment, that's when it's that's when it matters. Um and I love and and now that having a full party member, uh you know, switching out characters to get certain pet powers, uh, I love the grid system, which is uh, sort of how you get new... Not always that you get new spells, because you'll get new spells as you level up. But, like, I love how, like, say, for example, multiple characters can have multiple weapons. Like, can carry multiple weapon types. Like, say, the the Luminary, he can have, like, regular standard swords, but he can also have broad, like, the uh, broad swords. You know, dual, he has to hold two hands with them. Um Say you may not want to take him down that path, but you've already spent a couple of points in there. You go to a church, you spend like 20 coins per point or something, and you can basically get all those points back and put them towards something else. That's up to you. And for me, like, this is how anal I am, but like, I like to have my character, okay, you're going to specialize, this is your weapon, this is your weapon, because I want to play like an old school fantasy adventure where, you know, you have the guy with the sword, you have the guy with the whip, you have the, there's no bow and arrow person, that kind of annoys me. Um... (laughs) There you can. This you're gonna have. You have a wand. You have a spear. Um, although I did. Um, what's uh, really stupid though um, is uh, is Jade. Uh, like I said, that main girl. She has a move called Puff Puff, um, which is uh, basically she uses her sexual her sexuality to like stun enemies. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, and especially when you learn what she means to you, it's really weird to do that move, but sometimes, look, listen, honey, you gotta go do your dance. Go do your dance. Um, like, I, like, I'll say this right now. If you've never played a JRPG before, or if you've never played Dragon Quest before, play this one. It's perfect. It's, it's, your mileage may vary ultimately on how you enjoy the simplicity of it all, but it has that old school feeling, but with modern conveniences in the best possible way. Uh, and the boss fights are actually pretty challenging if you're not prepared for them. Like, they're not... The game may seem like a cakewalk, but if you're not prepared, you're going to get your I think I may have over-leveled, though, because I fight everything. Like, anytime I get to an enemy, I, you know, pre-counterattack, we fight real quick, you know? So I think I'm slightly over-leveled, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Oh, best part, char- you don't have to constantly rotate characters out. Characters in the background will level up alongside your party. Now, I don't know if that's like, if they level up lower in comparison, but they level up, and that's all that matters. That's Can't great. you also switch them, out, switch them out mid-combat? You can, but it uses a turn. Oh, that's dumb. Which isn't too bad, really, as long as you, like, know. Um, it's not It's not too bad. But, but is yeah, it like Final Fantasy X, where, like, if someone dies, you can replace them with someone that's alive? Yes. Yes, you can. Cool. I've done that before. It's awesome. Um... Or like you can like say if like your whole like if they're on the verge of dying but like say your your reserves are in good health you can switch them all out on the same turn nice. so you don't you don't have to just do one at a time um, 
And of course, you know, like I, I just I, I love this game. Like I, ah, uh, it's it's so wonderful when you're jumping into a new franchise and you never know what to expect, and you know it might be trepidatious at first, but then once you're in there, it's like, oh yeah, I'm in this shit. I am in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, I'll stop talking about Dragon Quest now. That's all I've really played. Um, but yeah, Dragon Quest has. I I feel bad because like I have Damon X Machina. And I said this when it came out. It was a mistake to release that game in September because it got swallowed by everything else. Um, but I will play that game at some point. And I feel bad for Spyro because I, you know, the boring first level aside, I wanted to play it more. But Dragon <laughs> Quest is just consuming me too much. I love this game. Go buy it, please. I didn't want to interrupt your story. But one, look at my boy. He's so cute. Yeah, it's, it's hard, very hard to not. <laughs> I know. He's precious. All you audio listeners out there, go check the video. Yeah, there's a cute cat on screen right now. And two, he bit my neck earlier. Aww. What a jerk. I'm pretty sure he's a vampire. And so am I now. <laughs> no vampire so, cat. No big. Um, yeah, that's sounds really cool. Um, I'm going to have to pick that up on sale sometime because I'm busy with other stuff at the moment. Yeah, my brother's like 50 hours in or something like that, and I'm going to play it when he's done. So I just got to wait. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the uh, the side quest stuff that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, they're fun. Like, that's... To me, that's like... A signature, like, great RPG always has a great side quest to it. Oh, yeah, there's, there's it's super helpful. Yeah. Um, all right. So, I haven't played much else other than just Destiny, and that's on Destiny's the Destiny podcast. Uh, I played Outer Worlds, obviously, and I played a little bit of Resident Evil 2, uh, the remake, and that's Resident Evil 2, so... <laughs> did, you you know, put, did, you, did you put the goose hack in there? No, I did not. Oh, you see, you saw that, right? That, that pe- uh, I think you posted uh, a picture of that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forget what I post sometimes. I can't remember. It has been a while. But I just remember a goose in a very haunted-looking area. So. We have the goose. It's the actual game. <laughs> uh, See, so yeah, I'm just in the police station running around. I always wanted to play that game when I was a kid. I never got around to playing it. Just the, uh, it's the demo. And I always loved it. Like, I love playing the demo. Um, I don't like. For some reason, the gun, like the shot, like the gun shop, isn't in this, or maybe I missed it when I ran by it. I um, haven't seen any like let's plays of it since like February, so yeah, when everybody so was playing that on. game. I'm just in the, I'm just trapped in the police uh, department. So. Oh, so Mr. X hasn't shown up yet. Okay, no, not yet. Oh, he coming. Oh, that's like the very hey. beginning then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm at the very okay. beginning. I probably have like. Well, I thought you like went off. back there at some point, or some. I don't remember. I play as Leon. So. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> I've only watched both. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing more of that. It's uh, scary and stressful. <laughs> but Outer Worlds might just take it over. Is oh play. shit! I play Resident Evil Four. What the fuck am I thinking? Yeah, it's great. It's Resident Evil Four on the Switch. That's all I need to be said. There you go. That's all you. Really that, that's, all you really that's all you really see. That's all you really see. Oh yeah, that's I saw great. your video of the of the close call with the bell in the village. Yeah, was, yes. Yeah, go go check out my Twitter feed for that. That was nuts. Yeah. By, by the way, that by the way that for RE4 players, go watch that video because that is how you survive that village section. Because I forgot oh, yeah. how overwhelming the game just kind of says. And good luck, you're in the <laughs> shit now. By the way, there's chainsaw grandmas. By the way, oh, I learned this in the. My friend okay. told me this. 
there's another chainsaw dude in that in that uh in that area. Yeah. If you try to go, uh, this is for like new players, so that y'all don't get caught. If you go to the gate, if you try to go out to the gate, you know, because that's just like a logical thing to do. There will be another chainsaw guy waiting for you. Now you can kill him for more money, and that's that's good in the game. But just be wary of that. Just be wary. Just stranger. Um. All right. So let's head on into the news this week. Uh, let's catch up with some riot stuff. So we'll talk about the riots, uh, news announcements. Uh, I think the most, um, uh, pot, I don't know, popular news story was that riots making a fighting game. Yeah, the worst kept secret of the past, like, four years now, when they bought the people make the, they bought the, this company. Um, so, to give context for that, uh, in 2016, uh, Tom and Tony Cannon, who, if you don't know those names, they created the, they were one of the co-founders of Evo. They created Evo. So, yeah. And um, they were also created the netcode, which is called GGP- GGPO, which is every fighting game player's favorite form of fighting netcode. Uh, Fightcade uses it. Uh, Skullgirls uses it. Um, and a lot of modern uh, uh, American-based fighting game companies use it because it is amazing. Um, so, yeah. They, they, they made a game called Rising Thunder. And then that company got bought up by Riot, and they didn't say what they work on, but it's like obviously a League of Legends fighting game, and here we are. Is it actually the League of Legends characters? I think so. I don't know what a League of Legends character looks like, so yeah. I, I'd assume it would be considering that's Riot's only asset. Because the reason um, it's like project titles, like this is Project L, which makes me think Project, you know, League of Legends fighting. But. Yeah, or League Fighters. I think I don't know. Um, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I, I couldn't t- I, like I know League has a diehard fan base, so I'm pretty sure they read because they only showed a couple of things. It's hard to discern anything. They showed a training room, it has the EX meter. It's it's surprisingly one v one. I I'm really surprised they're doing that and not like a ta- a team based thing like they're known for. Um, uh, it's hard to say anything because even they said like it's an early, early, early build. Like we're not going to hear about any of this game for. Uh, uh, the only thing that says here uh, is would it be set in the same universe as League of Legends? The answer is yes. <laughs> but I mean that doesn't that's... matter when it comes to a fighting game, but okay. Well, I'm just saying it's probably some of those same characters because that's how they would know. Yeah. Um. So like a lot of this, a, a lot of this talk kind of came up with the FGC. Like, what does this, what does this mean? Is what he is knocking your... your shit over again? It is my switch dock. Oh but the no! The switch isn't in it. I have another one. He gets um... so comfy. <laughs> So, like, a lot of talk has been over, like, what does this mean that Riot's entering the FGC? Because if you don't know about Riot's esports stuff, is that um, basically I think you, you have – in order to play League of Legends professionally or commentate, you have to sign an exclusivity deal, meaning you cannot play game other games. You have to play their game, which in the FGC, that's kind of like mm, – uh, kind of suspect right there, um, even though most – most top players technically only play one game, but just that ability to be able to do so, you know, not you don't Capcom doesn't do that with Street Fighter players, um, and um, you know, will they let their game be run at Evo? Uh, will they allow? You know, will they allow something like that? I mean, it's hard not to say. I mean, who knows how much influence Tom and Tony Cannon have on this game? I mean, I understand they're behind it, but again, Riot head Riot probably makes the decisions. Um, uh. 
I don't know. Like I, I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, so because it, it, it wouldn't work like a lot of their team based stuff. Or like, because unless they plan to create like a fighting game league where like it's a a set of five dudes from different cities will play against another team. Because that's what Street Fighter League is doing right now. Capcom's doing right now. So it could be something similar to that. Um, yeah, League of Legends has their own like tournaments and stuff. Yeah, I don't know how they could do that with one fighting game. Um, it's possible they could they could do it. I mean, like I said, Capcom's doing it. Kind of, but it's not like a pro thing. It's not like it's 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 weird. I guess it depends on how big it gets because yeah. League has its own tournament and like there's like they have millions of players, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like my like I like a lot of questions like, well, will top players from the FGC go play this game if they're offered money? And like I equated to a ACW star in the '90s, like, look, if that guy ain't cutting you checks, if Paul Heyman's checks are bouncing, fucking go sign a WWF and go play a mediocre fighting game for a few years and get that money. Because that money ain't going to be there in a few years. Um, mm-hmm. If they do that, who knows? Maybe they surprise everybody and they let it run at Combo Breaker and CEO and all these other big tournaments and let, you know, be and something non-riot and have it be open invitational, which is that's something they don't do. Uh, it's hard to say now. It's just something that's speculative. Um, I hope the game is good. I mean, that's at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I just hope that they don't make it too esports where they make it easy. Because uh, that's been the trend with fighting games a lot lately is that it's dumbing down the mechanics and making it, quote-unquote, easier um, when it doesn't really do anything. But it's hard to say at this point, you know, uh, considering how... It's it's hard to say. It's just going based off what Riot has done with their with their only game so far. Uh, maybe that will change with this game. Uh, but I'm skeptic. I'm skeptical. I probably won't play it. I'll probably be still playing Street Fighter. What am I talking about? Like, what am I talking about? <laughs> But uh, I'll be watching this very closely, for sure. Uh, also, Riot is going to be making a, a tactical multiplayer, FPS, a management sim, a card game. Yeah, they're branching the fuck out like crazy. Uh, apparently there's mobile versions of League of Legends. And animated series. Already. And they might be bringing it to console. Oh, wow, that's huge. I don't know. <laughs> This is a lot going on over there, right? Yeah, leagues. I don't. Yeah, I looked it up. Like leagues, league is fucking huge. Oh this yeah, is, it's massive, dude. It's crazy. Feels like they I might wish... be a little out of their league. Huh. Uh, I will say, I I, I kind of want to see pro League of Legends players try to get in this fighting game just to see them get bodied. Because some of, not all of them, but some of those guys in those in their like high esports in because L L O L is like high esports, surprisingly. I want to see them get bodied by professional fighting game players and just get like you know per perfected two rounds because I I know it'll happen. I want to see it happen. So speaking of new games from new studios, Google is opening up their first Stadia game studio in Montreal for the thing that won't exist in two years. Yes, today Google announced it would open its first Stadia focused game studio in Montreal. Post from VP head of Stadia Games and Entertainment, Jade Raymond, which by the way created the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah, she's big. So uh, it'll have a lot of climbing. Yeah, all their games will have a lot of climbing and and, uh, and watchtowers to collect. Watchtowers. Uh, yeah, or something <laughs> equivalent to like seeing the whole area, and it'll be laggy because it's on Stadia. So jokes aside, this is another thing that just bothers me about Google's strategy. Because they basically say, hey, we're going to open the studio and we're going to make a bunch of things in it. 
But our first game, I think we're going to do something smaller. Like, it's going to just be this, you know, this little, the smaller indie game. Like, they have no idea what they're doing yet. They just no. opened a studio, and they're like, hey, what should we do with it? Like, that's literally where they're at right now. Because they got the money to do that. So it says, initially we're going to have some interesting indie-style titles we sign, and they might look a little different, or take advantage of a YouTube integration, or have a different role for a streamer. What? So they have nothing. Can they, can, 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 uh... Who is heading the studio? Did they, did they say in the article? Uh, I thought it was Jade Raymond. No, but she's the VP of Head of Studio Games Entertainment. Oh, no, they didn't. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's nothing okay. here. It's just they're opening a studio and they're going to do stuff with it. I, 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 I put it in here because it's just that I, that stupid idea that Google thinks they know what they're doing. They're like, something's popular, so they have to delve into that market. But they got nothing. Like, look at Amazon. Yeah. They made a studio, like, three years ago, and it's put out one game and canceled, like, five. Yeah. Google's going to do the same thing. <sighs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I think Apple's, like, the closest one out of all these that are trying to get into the games yeah. industry. Like, they're kind of doing it successfully with their Apple subscription TV. service. Yeah. But they're buying uh, up exclusives, which Google's doing a little bit of. Yeah. But they're mostly just banking on people want to play their existing games on Stadia's cloud service. But then there's all these hoops you have to jump through to do it. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. It just feels weird. Uh, speaking of terrible things, Bethesda is working on fixing Fallout 76 description issues. So <laughs> I actually wanted to just say they announced a service called Fallout First, which would get you access to private servers and... Quote-unquote private servers. Well, <laughs> they are, technically. And was it storage? Yeah. It's was it? unlimited storage and, like, some free stuff. I mean, quote-unquote free. Like, extra stuff in the game. And, like, atoms and shit. Yeah. It's like, it's basically what, like, the season pass of Destiny 2 is now that it's first light, you know, where, like, you get some, like, experience boosts and things like that uh, if you buy the season pass. But Fallout 76 costs money. But then there's also exclusive stuff if you spend more money. (laughs) So it just feels sleazy at that point. Almost a year... Almost a year before when the game launched, mm-hmm. and they do this, I'm like, I'll, I think I tweeted it out, like, the gall of Bethesda to do this. And they were finally getting some good press, too. With the, were like, they? The NPCs are coming back update. Yeah, they had, remember... Uh, That's how you know a game's fucked up, so when that's your announcement. They had a bunch of, like, new and free updates. And, like, we checked it out, and we're like, oh yeah, this is pretty fun, but we never went back to it, because... It's not free. It wasn't free anymore. Yeah. That's what they should do. They should just make it free to play. They should. And then... And you could argue, like, Minecraft does this. You know, you pay for servers. But Minecraft is successful, and they didn't do that at first. <laughs> I'm not... No, that's not the only... But, like, Minecraft waited years to bring that kind of stuff in. Yeah, people this... use, like, third-party services to get servers going. Right. And so they just jumped in with, the, uh, with their own servers. Right. Later on down the line. Whereas this is like, 
the it's the same way where only the owner has to make a private you know pay to make a private server and then everyone can play on it but it's no minecraft that's what i'm saying it's all right what's the issues with the with the subscription (laughs) what isn't the issue yeah so well it's more like talking about issues and explaining why they're not necessarily issues but um i loved the the headline of this originally, like they changed it because it's IGN and this way they do things. But originally it was um, uh, Fallout 76 paid subscription service is, de- is deleting people's scrap. Oh, shit. And that was pretty great. Uh, but basically it says that people are thinking that the private worlds are recycled, uh, like old servers, like instances that other people have already played in. So it's like they're basically reselling like other people's servers. Um, And their explanation for that was... It's because, wait, 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 wait. It's because people found that like things, like containers were already open, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So basically the way they explained it is that the worlds are on the Amazon Web Web Services server because literally everything is on Amazon servers. Um, Yeah. And it says, players who have seen looted containers upon login may be experiencing expected behavior upon logout and login. Loot is instanced for each player in containers. As Fallout 76 players know, if you loot a container on one server and then log out and log back into another server, the container remains in a looted state for a period of time. So basically because they've already looted that thing, even though they're in a private server now, that thing doesn't come back. So that's why there's like dead bodies littering the servers and things like that when you're just getting into them. Jesus. Um, still seems weird, but I guess it makes sense. They're trying to say that this massively multiplayer online game is instanced specifically for you. Which doesn't work. Whatever. There's been things like that with uh, Minecraft servers before. Like, if you buy a server, sometimes you'll get an old one from someone else. Mm-hmm. And there's still some, like, buildings that are in there. But you can just reset that. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you could reset it for... I doubt they give you that, that much control. <laughs> yeah. You're paying for the convenience, not the access. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, okay, so for the scrap box, like, the big deal, um, that appears to be eating players' scrap items when used, uh, Bethesda initially claimed it was a display error. That that was their their claim. However, Bethesda has since admitted that this is indeed a glitch that appears to be removing players' crafted materials. So basically, they tried to lie at first. Because um, that's what they do. Yeah. A small number of players have in fact experienced a loss of scrap items after placing them into the <coughs> scrap box and loading into a world. Bethesda says that this issue is a top priority and that it is looking to restore the missing items. So yeah, the service you're paying for is deleting your stuff. Hundred dollars a year, or twelve ninety nine a month. The price of Netflix, Disney to, Plus upcoming to play a jank game, hat like twice the price of Disney Plus. Well, I was including like the Disney, the other stuff, that package deal. But yeah, you're right for base. Yeah, that's true. I want to know who paid because I just found a Twitter account that they were they were signing up. I want to know. Some like, people well, I love ask, this game. I'm sure some diehard fans. Like, why? 
It must be nice to have throwaway cash like that. Can I take it, please? Most free mobile games get, like, 90% of the revenue from 1% of the user base. This is the same way. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, the people that get this are a very small amount, and they're going to pour the most money into it. Oh, my God. I... Oh, my God. (laughs) If Street Fighter ever pulled something like this, I wouldn't support it. I'd be like, fuck you and your game. Uninstalling that shit. But if I if it was a Bethesda game, it would try to like hack my computer because that's what a Bethesda mm-hmm. thing would do. But it would just hack it so every time you boot up your computer, it boots into Skyrim, and it shows me a picture of Todd Howard. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> he's at the beginning of Skyrim. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's he's in the chariot. His face he's... is stretched over every texture. Oh oh no oh. You gave somebody an idea that's going to be a mod, and it's going to be featured for Halloween. It's probably watch. already a mod. I've seen the, the thing of, like, pizza everywhere, and, like, all, oh, all kinds of weird yeah. stuff. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, I think the best one is Thomas the Train. Oh, yeah. As or the, I like the Macho Man one. Yeah, the, the okay, tra- that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> I'm sorry! I got- Just... I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop. Coming for you. Alright. So let's talk about one shambling company to another Diablo 4 Blizzard, uh, seemingly leaked by Artbook Advertisement. So, Blizzard advertisement in the latest issue of a German gaming magazine, GameStar, has seemingly linked the existence of Diablo 4. Full page advert on page 27, latest issue. Uh, description of the book reads featuring fi- over 500 artworks from Diablo, Diablo 2, Diablo 3, and Diablo 4. This book features many noteworthy artworks created for Blizzard Entertainment and iconic action RPG. This so is an official hard book or hardback book, by the way, that's due out in November after BlizzCon. But right. the issue that this is leaked from comes out before BlizzCon. Somebody fucked up in the uh, scheduling department. Yeah. yeah or that's what the, that is. Uh, or the, um, I don't know what the part. The it's PR almost person. like a European game magazine that leaks stuff, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Remember that mobile, that that uh, Diablo mobile game that was supposed to come out? It is coming out. Or is out. <laughs> isn't that sure. out? I have, no. I don't, I remember, the other thing they showed at BlizzCon and we haven't heard anything since. Or maybe like minor things, but like I figured it would have been out by now. Uh... It's going to release the day of BlizzCon Watch. Probably. Because they, they just won another shitstorm along with this China shit. Yeah. But they're definitely announcing Diablo 4 at, at BlizzCon. I think that mm. goes without saying at this point. What do you think? What, what's going to happen at BlizzCon this year? Oh, people are going to yell free Hong Kong. For sure. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see, you're going to see people being escorted from the building. You're going to see free Hong Kong stuff. Uh, and you're going to see cringe questions as usual. No, what they're going to do is they're going to announce that, that Diablo 4 has, has already been released and is currently it's happening. It's a Hong Kong experience. No, no, no. no. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna pull out their phones and say, what, don't you have phones? And then activate an AR game that puts Diablo over the audience and says, you're in Diablo for hating China. And then Satan comes out gonna, and kicks I was just going to say that it's a Chinese exclusive. <laughs> Oh yeah, that would have been best. <laughs> like you have to buy this Chinese knockoff console to play it. But see, they're pro China, so they would say that we are the the demons. Ignorant. Yeah, we are the ignorant ones. Yeah. We are. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I, I've I've won. I've never cared about BlizzCon in my life because I don't play any of the games. I will be watching BlizzCon like a hawk to see who gets thrown out of the building. Oh yeah, because I know be, somebody's gonna get thrown out of the building. It's gonna be Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's just. Um. All right. Free Hong Kong. Free the dog. Um. So. Let's just talk about some upcoming games that got delayed. We have Last of Us 2, delayed to spring. Supposed to it got scared from Uniclear, and that's my meme. I'm running with it. Uniclear? The <laughs> new uh, the new anime fighting game that's coming out. Oh. I, tw- I tweeted out, rest in peace, yeah, Last of Us, because that's coming out the same day. And it gets delayed. I'm right. Suck it. Anime that's wins. That's such a niche. Like, that's... That's a that's a meme. Then why did then I look? Listen, I'm going look. They probably delayed their game because they wanted to polish the shirt. I'm going to take the meme worthy route and say they were afraid of competition. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, it got delayed. It's supposed to be February twenty first. Now I don't think they have a release date. May twenty ninth. Oh, May twenty ninth. Yeah. Which that's when the, the the first game came out, like May twenty thirteen. I wish they fitting. just wouldn't have announced the release date. Like it's been a month. And they delayed it. So just like what happened? They must have found something like recent then that caused it to right. be that bad. Like don't announce it a release date if you're just going to change it a month later. Yeah. Something happened. But then so they probably had to because like Sony probably like, hey, we gotta we gotta show something. Yeah, so probably pressure from Sony. But like, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. I'm always glad there's delays to make something better. It's oh, just yeah, it totally. sucks that they announced the release date so so recently. Yeah, just fear the anime. And along with that, some other games were delayed uh, with Ubisoft. We have Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods and Monsters. Which I'm more disappointed at that one. Me too. Because they said that they're, like, delaying everything to give them more polish and make sure they stand out. Like, the the games have more time to breathe. But Gods and Monsters sounds like it's a totally new thing, so it shouldn't need to breathe with the rest of them. Yeah. I think this is because, like, the Division 2, like, there's their service of life games aren't doing as well as they thought they would. So yeah. everything kind of got pushed back. Like, fuck, this is why you shouldn't do so many mm-hmm. at once. Yeah, Ghost it's Recon a... didn't need, like, Breakpoint didn't need to be a service game. It could have just been a sequel to um... the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been fine. They're cannibalizing their own sales by having multiple series that are all games of service. Because yeah, Ubisoft you only knows how to make one game. Yeah. I'm telling you, they just need to make the Ubisoft like where all their games are in one game. That's then charge like two hundred dollars for it. Yeah, just do it. And I thought their you you play plus thing is going to be no perform well. Yeah, I see that getting scrapped. Honestly, probably. Um, oh, so I wanted that monster game though. That looked cool. All right, me too. And we have Death Stranding here. I don't know how to how to fucking segue into this one, but Death yeah, Stranding the features Conan O'Brien cameo. He gives you an otter costume. It's so cute. Yeah, it is kind of cute. I haven't seen this yet. I just want Kojima to mind fuck me already. Like, I'm not gonna play. I can't play this game because I don't. Wait, have you haven't been mind fucked from like the last six games he's made. It's been a while, okay, man. I need I need my fix. It actually has been a while. <laughs> it's been. I mean, PT was five years ago. Like Metal Gear Solid Five was a solid game. Just didn't have a lot of uh, no. It didn't have the story. moments. Yeah, it didn't have it, the story. It didn't have the Metal Gear Solid Two shit or 
three not three didn't really have mind fucking <laughs> moments. Um, not really. Three was just oh. like a really good James Bond. Fuck it, yeah. Two was the what? <laughs> Two's the mind fucking moment. Yeah, I, I won't spoil that. I hadn't seen the otter costume in action yet. It's great. You just it like you float swim on your back it, down the river, <laughs> and it, it actually does a function, right? It makes you swim better or yeah. something like that. That's actually neat. It's pretty oh. cool. This I hope this game is fucking bonkers. Like once you play it, I I can't wait to watch Twitch streams on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. weird. So moving into rumors section of the podcast, uh, new Batman game title and playable characters leaked. I hope this is real. Same here. This sounds really cool. Because so, this is the one thing I've wanted since City. Yeah. So it says here, rumors have been swirling for quite some time that WB Games Montreal is hard at work on a new Batman video game. WB Games Montreal Batman game has yet to be officially announced. But the general consensus seems to be that it will be based on the Court of Owls storyline from the comic books. However, I think that's all some... but confirmed. The Court of Owls stuff? Yeah, I think there's like been a lot of talk about that. Yeah, they've like teased the... enough that like we pretty yeah. much know they're working on it. We just don't know the rest of this. Yeah. Uh, however, some more details about the game have been revealed by a prominent leaker, including its title as well as a hint to playable characters. According to Sabi who has accurately leaked many things about the video game industry in the past, has suggested on Twitter that the new Batman game will be called Batman Arkham Legacy. Uh, they follow this up with, the stuff about the playable family seems to be legit, suggesting that players will be taking control of more than just Batman in the new game. In the comics, the Bat family consists of characters like Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, so maybe they will be featured as playable characters in Arkham Legacy. Which, uh, the previous games had you play as Robin before, and Catwoman, so. Yeah. And yeah. There was actually, like, further down, I think it says that maybe Batman won't even be in it. That's, that's, I don't think that's true. Well, that's, that's too bold. The Court of Owls storyline, right, Ben? Like, is after Batman dies, they're trying to find no. his, his no. successor. No. No? Court of Owls is uh, the first court, like... He goes missing in the storyline. Uh, you, what you're thinking of is a is a story called that happens afterwards called Batman Endgame, where he and the Joker seemingly die. But you could that's like hundred Batman stories. Um, Court of Owls is um like these like is uh no he doesn't die. It has something to do with like the history of Gotham City and the Waynes and basically bats versus owls and how owls are natural predators to bats. Um, and it's a much. It's, I don't want to spoil it because it's actually a really good comic. Um, but th- there was like the Batman series or something that had the Court of Owls in it, wasn't it? Yeah, the Court of Owls are a thing, but he, Bruce didn't die. Bruce got like fucked up, but he didn't die. But they were trying to find a new Batman. That's the point. No, no. no his son weren't. took over for a while. Mm, <laughs> like back in the mid two. No, Dick Grayson took over. Like ten years ago, but that was way before Court of Owls. I'm telling you, man. He Batman did not die in Court of Owls. He got lost in a in a in a uh, in a labyrinth and was messed up. But actually, the whole issue was like upside down too. Now that I think about it, that was actually badass. Hmm. Um, but no, he didn't die. I got, I don't know. Like, what I'll have he, to look it up. I don't know what I'm. He seemingly up. dies after a fight with the Joker, like when everything like in a weird twist of like a very scary Joker story, mm-hmm. and then like Commissioner Gordon becomes Batman. Um, in a bat robot suit. That's weird. But like, 
yeah, that's it's it's weird. Uh, Gordon got yeah, it's it's really weird. It's interesting, but it's weird. But yeah, no, he doesn't. He didn't die. Not that I remember, but that was like eight years. Oh my god, that was eight years ago. Holy shit. Um, yeah, that about check out. Like when I was hearing about it all. Huh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, he does not die. But uh, there are some ties to like if they keep it to the comic story, to his family, which I'll keep it at that. Like his actual family, mm-hmm. um, and Gotham City itself. Sounds cool. That's the point. Yeah, it's it's really it's a possibly one of the better unique Batman stories you can make a big budget. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea it. of like having to switch out different Bat people for different missions, kind of like what they did in Spider Man, where like you know. You also sometimes play as Miles and Mary Jane, and they kind of yeah. it helps mix up the mission types. You kind of got a tease with that with the la- with our with City, where you got the. I mean, it was only in DLC expansion, but you get to play as Batgirl. Um, I think Red Hood. Oh, you did? Yeah, you got to play as Red. Yeah, you got to play as Batgirl, Red Hood. Um, but they were like side DLC missions, but like you could play as them. And I just know those since... like the challenge missions, like the uh, the no, combat stuff. It... You played as Nightwing, I think. As I can't vouch, I, I I actually am in the mood to download Arkham Knight again and play through those, like, play play through that stuff. But I know for a fact at least Batgirl was like a story, and like it was like a, a past when she like, encountered Joker and the Harley Quinn. Um, Arkham Knight, so... the main campaign, had stuff with Batwoman and maybe Robin. But you never Nightwing, s- one of those. You never s- no. You played as Robin for a bit. You There's also played as Batwoman you... or Cat. Sorry, Catgirl. Catwoman. Yeah, I, know, I was I was like what. Yeah, I don't remember that too much. It's been a while since I played that game. Oh, the Catwoman like, missions are my favorite. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember that stuff more because I love that stuff. But I know for a fact the DLC stuff, at least Batgirl, and I'm pretty sure Red Hood had one too. I don't know about Nightwing or Robin. Um, they were like a like mini like a story and an area. It wasn't big like Arkham City hmm. or Arkham Knight, but it was a thing. So I've been wanting that since 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 city to play as the other bat characters and explore the city as nightwing as robin as batwoman hopefully batwoman will be in this and yeah. batgirl you know I maybe not like more bats. where like you explore the city as batman or whoever the main character is if he's not in it and yeah. then like it switches to them for missions specifically i, w- I want to explore the city as who i want to be after a certain point like you have to get to them and then you can like okay you can go do this and then but like say um you have like it'll make you switch like okay now you have to be Batman again for like main the story free room stuff you could play as Ex- characters you exactly want. yeah like why not I guess that yeah. that would be closer to like Assassin's Creed Syndicate where you've got the two main characters and there's certain missions that some of them have to do but outside of missions yeah. you can be whoever you want right let me play as yeah. Batwoman please That's in fair. all her redhead glory yeah please let me play as Batwoman um, or I actually hope they put like non Bat characters like Black Lightning. Um, like some like uh some other DC characters in here That's besides Batman. I I mean whatever like, Rocksteady's working on, they're probably doing like a Justice League thing. But I mean, like there there are characters that like are tied to Batman that are not like you would think on the Justice League, like, say, like Black Lightning. Um, yeah, but they wouldn't be playable. Katana, like, That's what I'm saying. No, but like just show up. Like they don't have to be playable. Yeah, they just for show sure. up. Like it's cameos. Cool. Like they fight alongside you, and then a mod can make it hack it so you can play as them. Probably. There you go. Put Katana in it. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Katana? Princess yeah, Katana? It, no, no, no. No, there's actually character. <laughs> no, I know. I was sword. joking. The chick with the awesome mask. Yeah. And the sword that screams. All right. Uh, let's go through some listener questions. Uh, we'll talk about this one from last week. Kind of answering it. Twitter thread. 
Uh, Mike sent us a question after the show ended and asked us, "Mike, the TV. Uh, who would your favorite? Uh, who would your gaming mascot be for your channel did, stream?" I thought we did this one. Yeah, no, we didn't talk about it. We just talked uh, about it on Twitter. Oh, okay. So I just want to throw it on the show. Like when I think of video games, like that's the mascot. Uh, or like sure. The mascot. He said like for your he said for your channel and your stream, and we kind of talked about this. Justin said zero, and obviously he would say zero for himself. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I would pick. Um, and then Mega Man would have to be for our channel because you know charge shot like obviously. Yeah. Um, who would my gaming mascot be? I don't know, probably Dest- just some r- yeah. random Destiny guy. Random the ghost Destiny. from Destiny. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you have a ghost. He's over there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, I have a zero. Nice. You can't see him right now. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm a fighting game guy. I'm, I'm, that's, that's my role here. Uh, I'd probably be... Is it sexist to say Chun-Li? I mean, Why would that I mean, be sexist? I don't know. Maybe that's the right, wrong word, but like... Maybe because like I don't like Ryu that much. I play as him. You know what? Fuck it. I'll say. Ken, I, you know I'll say Ken. Ken would be my mascot. Ken's the cool Ryu, anyways. Yeah. Just fire uppercuts. Like yeah, Ken. Ken. Yeah. I love Chun Li, but like she's the body pillow. If Lo was still here, he'd probably say Ken. I don't know. He Rest seems peace, to be a Lo. fan of Ken. Rest in peace. Yeah. yeah, Lo. Yeah, Lo plays Ken in Street Fighter Five. Last time I played. Yeah. Ken, who who doesn't like Ken? Uh, and then also he asked this week, what's our favorite holiday game? Um, I assume he just means, like, any kind, of, any kind of holiday. Like, I'd imagine, like, Christmas. Because well, there's what, also, like, like, Halloween games as well, right? Like, I, I, uh, Costume Quest. Yeah, I get that too. But I, when I when I saw that question, I'd assume it was, like, a game, like, you played during the month of Christmas. That's what everyone calls, like, whenever someone says holiday, you just think Christmas, right? Yeah, because just... you never call, like, Halloween a holiday because you, you don't get the day off. We should, yeah, but you should, don't. Yeah. Especially since um, it's on a Thursday this year. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't sure if it was, like, a game about a holiday or if it was, like, a game you play during the holidays. I think it's the latter, not the former. I think. I think I did that wrong. The well, let's just one. open it up. Let's just open it up to either or here. Okay. Um... So, for me, and a lot of this has to do with Justin, actually, but Metroid <laughs> is becoming a holiday game now. Oh, for, which holi- to, for Christmas? For for the month of December, because of Merry Metroid. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I will boot up all of them. Oh, dang uh, Maybe it. not the Prime. I forgot about Merry Metroid. <laughs> yeah, I keep that alive in spirit. Um, well, because I was going to, like, I, I told Thomas last week, I don't really have time to do my Zelda month stuff that I was going to do. Right. So, I'm yeah. just going to do one Metroid video. But now I feel like I should put that out in December. You should. Um, I forgot about that too. Yeah. Nobody watches YouTube videos in November, anyways. Um, yeah. Or is that January? Um, I don't uh, know. My, yeah. my DS videos were put out in November, like two years ago, and those have done very well. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably for holiday travel and shit. Um, but yeah, but before Justin's influence uh, came onto me, it was probably like a link to the past. Like, I, I would play it on Christmas or when I was off from school and just play that game when I could. I loved that game so much. Um, okay, so if we're going, like, games we play during the holidays, I tend to associate, like, the November-December time with either Zelda games or Pokemon games. Um, whatever was out at the time. Because, like, I remember 
uh, Link Between Worlds when that came out. Like, my brother and I were both home for Thanksgiving, playing through that together, like, you know, talking about where we were in the game and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but usually when there's a new Pokemon game, it comes out, like, mid-November. No, yeah, usually. So both of those franchises kind of stick to the holiday season with me. Just because you have a lot more holidays around that time between Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. There's more time to play those kinds of games. Yeah. Um, but if you want a game, like the best game based on a holiday, Elf Bowling. Uh, oh my god. A, <laughs> mine is Mary Gear. Mine is Mary Gear Solid. Boo. It's it's a it's a, actually a really funny game. Um, oh wait, fun fact, bit, yeah, it's I've a real thing. It. It's a real thing. It's actually. It's oh wait, is that that like you put in a code and like everything turns into? No, I'm thinking. Uh... No, it's like you play a Santa Claus and like you. Yeah, it's basically Metal Gear, like the old Metal Gear. But you're Santa Claus. I'm thinking of a cheat code for Banjo-Kazooie, I think. Oh, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's not a link to the past. It, it kind of is, but it isn't. But the one game I play every year, every Christmas, I don't. I, I always wait till Christmas because Link to the Past I can play whenever. It's Nights in the Dreams, specifically Christmas Nights. Oh, yeah. Mm. That, is the, that is my one Christmas game. Uh, just And, you know, the, the music is like I – I got that game for Christmas. I wish I still had the original copy because one Saturn games are super expensive, and I would have sold it yeah. to somebody to so I could have the digital version for cheaper. Um, but yeah, Christmas nights. Uh, Mike, if you have a, a, a download it on PC, it's like three bucks. Uh, I don't know how you get Christmas nights on the PC version, but my God, or at least listen to music. It's it, that's my Christmas music right there. It's <laughs> nice music. Um. So for me, when I was a kid, I used to play the Home Alone 2 on SNES nice. during Christmas. And I always just skipped to the last level where you have to climb the Christmas tree. <laughs> it was a stupid game. I don't... <laughs> probably, bu probably bullshit hard for no reason. Yeah, it was. Um, so that's why I had the, the game genie. Just cheat away. Um, but now, nowadays, I don't know. I, I, I associate Destiny 2 a lot with Halloween. You mean there's like, a, there's like there's a lot of spooky stuff. It also came out during uh, mm -hmm. the month of October. I believe. Uh, so yeah, like every, like my connection with Destiny gets stronger during these uh, during the season. <laughs> October first hits, Thomas. It's time, and he just he gets a little more powerful. <laughs> Pretty <And by> much. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I don't know, I just play random horror games sometimes. Like, uh, Resident Evil. I boot up a Resident Evil game during Halloween. Um, can't really think about anything other than, like, for Christmas these years. I don't really play a whole lot of Christmas games. Yeah. Not not a game. It's a, it's a song, but every time when it gets cold out here, uh, what I like to do, especially now, because I have YouTube Red, I'll play the snow music, the Snow Peak Ruin music mm. from Twilight Princess, because that to me is the, like, in terms of, like, as, like um, atmospheric, call, uh, ice, not ice, cold music, that's my favorite, where, like, I want to feel cold, and the music's cold, but it's also pleasant. Oh my god, I love that sound. I love that piece of music so much with Twilight Princess. Yeah. A cool part of a game where there's, like, like I guess winter theme stuff was like Final Fantasy Tactics, like the beginning with the mm -hmm. snowball fight. It's pretty good. Oh, Tactics Advance, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I like I love that part. Um, I was just thinking like one of my favorite videos still is like the one I did with Metal Blade like years ago about our our favorite wintry scenes. Yeah, um, 
Same. And because it was like, it was kind of like, you know, the spooky games thing where she's like thinking about games in a different way. Um, <laughs> and I didn't put that scene in that video and I'm really upset about that. But we did have, I did have Snow Peak in there and I always think of that like around this time of year because I don't really like Twilight Princess, but like that area is so cool atmospherically. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Especially when like, it's like, it's like, at least for here, like in the forties, the winds are kind of howling. I'll just play it in silent in my room and just like listen to it and fall asleep to it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Um, Dream Delight. I think we had some good answers this week. Yeah, yeah. Those questions. Go, yeah, go play Nights in the Dream for Christmas, December twenty fifth or twenty fourth, rather. Uh, Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me if you look up Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch slash Mixer. Eventually, um, I, I put out another spooky kind of Halloween video last week. Um, that's real good. There's some of my friends in it, and I'm really it's it's long. You got to bear with it. But I'm happy with it. You gotta, you know, you gotta go all out for the holidays. <laughs> ben. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com, so smartosiki, where you're probably gonna get bombarded with videos and pictures of Dragon Quest, as well as the upcoming physical release of Fancy Dragoon. It's, I'm growing stronger every day. We get closer to its unannounced release date. Um, but it's happening. Uh, yeah, that anime, probably a lot of fighting game memes and stuff like that. I need to change my Twitter <laughs> profile. And there's yeah. only like 19 days until Pokemon. Yes. We're almost in the holidays. Once it hits November 1st, I'm blasting Christmas. I'm blasting Night's music the entire time. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take over your stories like PA system. Oh, fuck yeah. I should do that. My, uh, <laughs> my wife went and got a bunch of Christmas decoration stuff uh, today. Be- not because like it's time to decorate. It's not. Um, <laughs> cut that crap out, it's like, honey. It's honey. It's October thirty uh, twenty six. Calm down, right? But she wants to, to do some crafting because, um, you know, my love for her is strong. She said, uh, "I think I want to do a, a Harry Potter themed Christmas tree." And I was like, "Yep, oh, let's do it." That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, you married the right one. I know. She says that. <laughs> so she's like putting a bunch of like kind of custom ornaments together for the tree. As she dances along, very proud of herself. You can't wait to meet you two. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me, your host, Thomas, on Twitter, CSG Thomas. Also, you can email me, thomas at chartshot.com. You can find us here at chartshot.com with uh, audio, video, and written content. And also, you can find us on Spotify, review us on iTunes, all that good stuff. And until then, guys, enjoy your games and have a good night. Panzer Dragoon!